Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. We are going verse by verse through the Word of God. We're in the book of Isaiah. Today, we're in Isaiah chapter 24. I appreciate you guys so much. John, Sheehan, uh, all of you who are with me every single day, no matter what. Uh, Jonathan Patterson, dude, uh, you're so faithful. Appreciate you all uh, so much. Martha, uh, all of you uh, who uh, take time out of your day, Edie, early, early, every single morning, you are so faithful. Uh, God bless all of you. I appreciate it. Fire team guys, you guys are great. Um, I just can't thank you enough. Again, you make me work harder. You make me faithful. You make me more consistent. And uh, you make me study hard. I know I got to get on here and talk for 10 minutes about every single passage, which makes me sometimes dig a whole lot deeper. Um, like today, chapter 24, uh, the destruction of the earth. Uh, it's an interesting passage, actually. I'm kind of interested uh, in this. I'm interested in the way it changes. Remember, the last 10 chapters through chapter 23 were oracles from Isaiah against the nations. And now it's a, it's a cosmic picture, much larger view, destruction of the whole earth. But it's interesting, isn't it? Did you read carefully? Let's start at the top. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. So it's no longer just this nation, that nation, Judah, Jerusalem. You know, it's it's the entire earth. Um, for me, I'm a little just, I don't know, kind of struck by uh, the way this chapter just uh, reemphasizes the fact that the earth is the Lord's. He's the creator. And everything is his creation. And it's not just that it's his and it belongs to him. It's his and it belongs to him. He can, he can do whatever he wants to with it. He is absolutely sovereign over it. And none of us get a say about what he does. And I just think it's a, a really fascinating picture. First off, it reminds me that uh, the world will end in the way that God has purposed for it to end. We're reading Revelation right now on Sunday morning at Woodburn. And last Sunday morning, we read those words, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. So the world, all of creation is going to fulfill God's purposes for it. Um, it's not that, you know, human beings are so powerful that we could mess that up. You know, we won't, we can't, we're not that powerful. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the scripture says. And that just simply means the world's not going to end by accident because we, you know, ruin the ozone layer or, or whatever else. You know, we're not going to fry ourselves with global warming uh, that's not how the world will end. We're not going to blow it up with nuclear bombs. The world is not going to end by accident or neglect, you know, or by human consumption. Uh, all of that completely uh, overblows human power, makes us think we're more powerful than we are, and neglects to remember that the earth is the Lord's. It, it is his, and he is sovereign over it. And chapter 24 uh, absolutely illustrates that. In chapter 24, the creator himself undoes and dismantles creation. Um, the world doesn't come apart on its own. It doesn't uh, in any way uh, come apart other than by the very will and power of God. Uh, it's by God's own agency. And, and I think it's amazing. There's not a lot of emphasis on even how it happens. At first, uh, verses 4 to 13, it sounds like a drought, but I don't really think that it's telling us how the world will end, just the fact that God will end it. You know, it's his and he will do it. Um, it's, it. It really calls into question all of our assumptions about nature. 
you know, like that's the word we use, nature, which, you know, suggests, you know, the natural world. And for us, it does seem very natural. It's nature. We talk about getting back to nature. And for us, nature seems to be this self-sustaining system of life uh, and sustenance that serves us, you know, as human beings. And uh, and we just sort of assume, you know, that it, you know, it's, it's all on autopilot somehow. Even if we believe in a creator, we often just assume that God kind of made it all and then sat back on his hands and watches it wind and unwind. But but chapter 24 reminds us that it's not so much nature, it's creation, you know, it's creation. Uh, the word creation continues to tie everything back to the creator. And it reminds us that everything, I mean, the food chain, all of the life-sustaining systems that we think of as nature, all of these are actually a part of creation, the creator who made them. And none of these things exist or are sustained apart from God's own power, his providence, God's sustaining you know, faithfulness to, to everything. Chapter 24 just reminds us, man, all God's got to do is pull the plug, you know, uh, everything exists uh, insofar as it remains in alignment with God and his purposes. Insofar as we as human beings, you know, submit to, surrender to, and remain mindful of our creator. And the fact is that's not the way we work. That's not how we operate. So notice the earth suffers. Verse 5, the earth suffers for the sins of its people. They have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. I mean, if you're wondering how and why the world ends, the world will end because of human sin. God will one day destroy it all, not for the purposes of just destroying it all and throwing it in the dumpster. God's plan is to recreate, to remake it. Now, notice, uh, I've been calling your attention to this remnant you know, theme, this remnant theology that you find all through Isaiah. In other words, no matter how total the destruction seems, there's always a, a remnant. And it surprised me, honestly, when I was reading through chapter 24, uh, uh, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and then only a few are left alive. It's like, what? You know? So there are some left. There's always a remnant. In, in Isaiah, there's always, always a remnant. There are going to be people, faithful people, left. The grapevines waste away. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. Uh, it, it's just this amazing picture. Throughout the earth, the story is the same. Only a remnant is left. That's verse 13. A remnant is left. Verse 14, and all who are left shout and sing for joy. Now, verse 14 is the verse that just comes out of the blue because it's like, what? It's, it's this counterpoint to everything else, the gloom, the destruction, the mourning for the end of the world. But, but you have this remnant of people, the ones who are left are singing for joy. Uh, they're praising the Lord's majesty. They're giving glory to the Lord in the lands beyond the sea. Praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Songs of praise from the ends of the earth. Songs of give glory to the righteous. Like, what? Well, what are they singing about, you know? Well, these are the people of God. These are the people of God who lived for the glory of God and lived for the praise of God. And even though everything on earth passes away, there is still so much praising to be done. God is still God and he is still glorious. And though the earth should, you know, you know, fall from its place, 
God is still worthy of praise, and the people who live to praise him continue to praise him. It's, a, it's an amazing picture. It's also a picture of people who didn't have anything invested in this world. I mean, we always, you know, as Christians, we you know, often say this world is not our home. You know, we're just a passing through kind of idea, but most of us don't mean it, y'all. We are very at home here. And the idea of it all passing away gives us a panic attack, you know. We got a 401k, we got a car in the garage, we got, you know, a beautiful house and grandchildren, and, and, and we don't want any of this to end. But the idea here is that these people who were left, they were living exploited and abused in this brutalizing world system. And now that it's gone, the only thing left is God, which is fine with them because he's the only thing they had in the first place. You know, we like to think of ourselves as the people of God, as the good guys. And and, and I know that we are the people of God, but I don't always know how, how much we are the good guys. You know, we live a long way away from the, you know, the children who have to labor in hot factories to make the cheap clothes we buy at Target. You know, we don't really have to see the people who have to pay the price for the lifestyle of comfort that we enjoy. But, but make no mistake that there are others who have to live differently in order for us to live the way we live. And, and we don't like to think about that. Y'all wish I didn't say that, you know. But again, here's just this picture, this world system that collapses, and there are people who obviously, uh, only thing they ever had in the first place was the Lord, and when the earth passes away, they still got him, so they're still praising him, you know. I, I just don't know if, if I don't, I, I, I want to say that's the people of God, and that's just us, but you know, I, I, I don't know if the prophet Isaiah would agree, you know, I don't, I don't know which crowd he put us in, um, Isaiah continues to weep and mourn. My heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, I wither away. Isaiah takes no pleasure in the destruction of the world. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and on, on he goes. The earth is broken up. It's utterly collapsed. It's violently shaken. Again, sounded earlier like a drought. Now that sounds like an earthquake. And then in the end, the idea that God will even punish, you know, the uh, spirits in heaven, the angels in heaven, even the sun and the moon are going to be rounded up for their uh, 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 their somehow failure to live up to their divine potential. It's amazing. The Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. So uh, it sounded like everything got destroyed, but... Uh, but God's throne, you know, is still established. The city of Jerusalem is still there in great glory. And there is a remnant of God's people who remain to give him praise and glory. Uh, it's an interesting picture of judgment. Would you not agree with that? Uh, but again, this collapse of the world system, the collapse of the economy, the buyers, the sellers, the lenders and borrowers, the bankers and debtors. I mean, that's what the scripture says. You know, Isaiah has so much to say about the economy, the world economy, and the way that some people, you know, profit by the way things are, but other people suffer. And, and again, Isaiah's word continues to be, man, all, all, all of you who love the way things are and profit at the, at the present system, when it, when it goes away, you go with it, you know? Again, I, I know that the gospel has a different idea of how judgment works, but I don't think we can completely throw away Isaiah's picture of those who deserve reward and those who deserve punishment. I, I think there's more to it to make us stop and think than maybe we would really like to stop and think. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken.
pick up with me right here tomorrow. Again, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Read for tomorrow, chapter 25 and chapter 26, all right? Two chapters for tomorrow, and they're not long. Read chapter 25 all the way to the end of chapter six, uh, tw uh, chapter 26, I'm sorry, 25 and 26 through chapter 26, verse 21. It's not a long chapter. I love you guys. It's, it is a beautiful day, uh, and uh, apparently there's still time. Uh, so uh, I encourage you to stay in the Word and draw close to the Lord and uh, think a lot about righteousness and what it means to live as a person who reflects the glory and goodness of God in this world. Uh, I love you so much. Have a great day. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. Uh, I'll see you guys.